Hi, welcome to Debutantes and Debauchery, a book discussion podcast where two best friends get together to drink wine and talk about YA novels. I'm Michelle. And I'm Reyna. And this episode, we're going to be discussing Children of Blood and Bone by Tomi Adeyemi. It is a YA fantasy novel based on West African beliefs and culture, following a young woman named Zaley, who is a diviner, in a world where magic is illegal and being someone who could have magic is illegal. The book is aimed primarily at teens, but it has some dark and potentially upsetting topics. If it's in the book, we will be talking about it. Normally, we would use an audio cue to indicate places where we will be discussing more triggering topics, but there's a lot of it in this book, so we just have a general warning that the episode will discuss or touch on genocide, racism, rape, police brutality, the death of children, and slavery. Viewer discretion is advised. But before we get started on this discussion, I'd like to take a moment and urge everyone listening to keep protesting, supporting causes, and fighting for Black lives until we get serious change in our police systems, prisons, and government. The news may have slowed down in coverage of protests and other movements, but we cannot stop now. Breonna Taylor, George Floyd, and every other Black person in America and around the world who has been murdered by police and victimized by our racist systems deserves justice. In the podcast description, we have included several links to organizations campaigning for change including Reclaim the Block, Color of Change, The Bail Project, the Black Lives Matter movement, and the NAACP, along with organizations and funds specifically supporting Black trans people. We urge you to learn and educate yourself on these issues and donate to help support the organizations if you can. I think we should start with sort of, I don't know, first thoughts or what is your general opinion of the book? I really liked it. There were like parts of it where I was like, Oh, that's a little like awkwardly phrased or it's a little bit hard for me to like follow along with what's going on considering the fact that I have zero knowledge of West African beliefs. My like my enjoyment of the book kind of was like a roller coaster. Yeah. At the beginning I was really excited. And then I was like, Oh, it's not like pulling me in yeah. like exactly the way I was hoping it would and then it like jumped up again. I was like, Ooh, it's really exciting and yeah. then when the romance started, I got really upset. <laughs> And I was like, oh god, I'm gonna hate this. Yeah. And then I liked it by the end. Yeah. So there's a lot of uh, up and down. You know, okay, elephant in the room. <laughs> the romance? Or the romance. Are we just starting off? We're just right gonna off start off talking about it because it's just like the thing, you know? The thing that everybody or most people don't like about it. Yeah. When the romance between Anon and Zaylee first started, I was like. <laughs> This isn't terrible. Like, I get, like, the star-crossed lovers thing. Mm -hmm. Like, I was a little upset at how quickly she fell in love with him. Because I was like, he literally killed an entire village full of people you grew up with. Yeah. But, you know, she's like, let bygones be bygones. And I'm like, okay, that's her choice. But then he betrays her so fast. (laughs) They have sex immediately. (laughs) Or I guess he decides to betray her. And then he has sex with her anyway. Either way, it's, either way, it's bad. It's horrible. Um, yeah, in the beginning of the romance, I was also, like, annoyed, but, like, not enough that I hated it. Because I yeah. was like, okay, I mean, you kind of expect it. Yeah. At the first second that he was like, oh, I saw something in her gaze as I, like, stared at her across, yeah. like, the first time that they saw each other. I was like, okay, I know it's coming. But then it just happened really fast. So Like you said. Fast. And, like, 
I wrote a lot of stuff down because I was trying to like keep on the positive because I didn't want to like bog myself down in how much I hated the romance. So I wrote things like, sometimes the romance is too perfect, but also it has problems. So that's good. And I'm not sure exactly what that means, (laughs) but I think it means is I was trying to be like, okay, they're not exactly just skating over all the stuff that he did. Yeah. They're at least addressing it and she didn't like him right away and she hated him for a long time. So this is actually my second time reading the book. So I remembered that I hated Anon, but I didn't really remember why. And I wrote in my notes, I remember why I hate Anon now. (laughs) And that was when they were having sex. (laughs) So I was like, this little bitch. Oh my god. Yeah. One of the things that I remember being really annoyed about is because the book, I was starting to really love it when they... Sort of around the time that they got to the stuff about the arena. Yeah. Which I'll touch on that later. That was one of my favorite parts. Yeah. It was um, so good. But then after that, it started, for me at least, to get really, like, the plot slowed down and I was just, like, getting really bogged down in the romance. Yeah. I could see that it was going to be kind of important, but I was just like, oh, get back to the story, please. It's okay. just romance. It's just romance. Also, can we talk about the fact how Anon, when they're at the festival, he's like, I'll go somewhere where Tsane can never see us. And then he goes like five feet away from the edge of the festival and they start making out and Tsane immediately sees them. Immediately. I'm like, could you not have like just traveled like a few more feet out and maybe gone behind a tree or something? There's children Mm -hmm. that can see what you are doing. Another thing about the romance that I guess another positive thing about it, which I think we'll, we'll probably also touch on when we talk about the ending, is that I actually liked how the romance ended. I was about to be very upset if they had just been like, oh, Inan is like really great now and we're going to ignore everything he did and now they live happily ever after. And you know what? It was really sad and upsetting that he betrayed her and that he ended the way he did. Yeah. But it made me kind of happy. I felt like it was a more realistic ending. I feel like it couldn't have ended any other way. Yeah. Because he did have a lot of stuff in his past. Like Amari, she, when she was younger, she was always a little bit defiant against her dad always kind of just like beaten down, you know, in her spirit. But Anon was always trying to get his attention, the king's attention, yeah. and always trying to be like the best son possible. So I feel like him suddenly having a 180 turn and like it doesn't matter anymore, that wouldn't have been very realistic. Yeah, it was upsettingly realistic yeah. how much Anon went back to his dad and even to the end tried to like prove himself to even him. Even though he literally got killed by yeah. his own father. Yeah. That was I know. that was horrible. It's, it was like it was good, but it was It horrible. was good, but it was terrible. And I yeah. like yeah, I was it kind of redeemed the not totally, but it kind of redeemed the bad romance parts for me yeah. just that it didn't end like everything's mm-hmm. happy, you yeah. know. But I also don't like how like he had this belief system because of his father and he was finally able to see that his father actually was very evil and then he like did like the whole like, "Oh, actually magic is really really good." But then he saw one instance of magic being destructive, yeah. and then he was like, oh, actually, I take back everything that I said about three minutes ago when I was trying to get in your pants, and now magic is actually really, really bad, and it shouldn't be brought back. I think one of the best things that like made his sort of journey and then regression good and like more realistic was the fact that he also had magic. Because, mm-hmm. I don't know, the, the scenes where he was still with his guard and I don't remember her name his like second in command Kaya Kaya mm-hmm. when he was still with them and like hiding it and everything and yeah. then the whole scene with Kaya when he killed her that was pretty it was pretty fucked up yeah. <laughs> and it just that whole that made his journey yeah. to like accepting magic and then not accepting it that more 
complicated and good. Yeah. Rather than just, oh, I met a girl and she has magic, but she's nice and I like her, so then magic is good. It was yeah. more complicated than yeah. that, which I liked. Also, sidebar, we're really sorry if we pronounce all the names terribly. Yeah. <laughs> we're trying our best. <laughs> yeah. So I told Reina before that I wrote down some descriptions of the characters so I could remember who they were. And I'm going to read one, some of my favorites. <laughs> so... For the king, Saron, I wrote racist, asshole, beats children. Solid. <laughs> yeah. For Anon, um, prince, Amari's brother, kind of stupid. I also wrote down Saron, one of Saron's quotes, gods are nothing without fools to believe in them. Which is cool pretty quote. intense coming yeah. from a guy who has literally like seen the power of the gods. Weird. It's always kind of weird when you bring up the sort of concept of atheism in a world where gods clearly exist. Yeah in like fantasy worlds like, like that it's always interesting <laughs> i mean there's like um yemi do you remember her she was remind me who she is she was one of um the first people that you're introduced to yes in the, book. The, the girl that um Zaley was fighting yes, in the beginning yes she was interesting because she used the maggot slur right like against Zaley, and it's like a really big deal to her because she's like oh my god somebody like of my people is using this word against me but yemi doesn't care or notice. Well, I kind of wish that we had learned more about her. Yemi wasn't a diviner, right? No, she, she was wasn't. just in that group of, they were seamstresses or something? Yeah, they were seamstresses who were learning how to fight against the guards. Right. I wish we had learned more about yeah. her. I kind of wish we had, now like looking back on it, I kind of wish we had learned more in general about that, about that whole group. Yeah. Because we learned that the lead, um, the like old woman who is sort of like the leader of the seamstresses. Yeah. Mama was, Agba. Mama Agba was yeah. a diviner. Yeah. And, but then like that whole group, does she just, but like people in the group like Yemi weren't diviners. Yeah. So like, I'm just, I don't know. I just want to learn more about that, but we didn't get very much time with them. Yeah, we didn't. And then Yemi is also the one who told Inan like, everything that she knew about Zaylee. Right. I didn't remember that. I read this book a little uh, while, not a while ago, but before yeah. Michelle did. And also, this is my second time reading Yes, that's So <laughs> I was paying attention to more of the little things. But yeah, Yemi was the one who told Anon about Zaylee when he was burning down everything. And so I thought it was interesting that she was the person who was willing to use the maggot slur. She was the person that was, um, not that it was, like morally bad for her to do this, but she was the person that told Anon where she was, or where she was heading, and it was interesting. Now I'm just, like, thinking back over the book, did we get a lot of perspective of regular citizens who weren't royals, like Anon and Amari, but weren't diviners, like Yemi? Because I don't think we got much of that, because, like, even when they were back to the cities and stuff, like, trying to recruit people, they went to, like, groups of diviners that they knew. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just realizing we didn't get much of that and like Yemi was part of this group this these seamstresses who were like training to fight against the guards yeah but at the same time she was not a diviner and she was clearly willing to like tell and on everything you know like just well, betray. He was also like burning down her home oh yeah so. <laughs> i don't remember exactly what time she was telling him everything yeah. anyway either way we didn't get much of that in the book so it's yeah. just something curious yeah. we got like the noble who was willing to spend like so much gold on a fish yeah and then we had the princess. I guess Zane and um, Baba are yeah. the two closest that we have. But yeah. their lives are, like, affected by it because they have a um, daughter and a sister and a mother. Yeah. While we're on the topic of romance, I would just like to mention that I ship Amari and Zaylee. My first reading of the book, I actually hated Amari. Really? She's I my favorite character. So she 
I don't remember, like, exactly why I hated her, but I'm pretty sure it's because she was so rich and, like, above everything when she was living her life in the palace, and she was, like, so, like, ignorant about it. She was like, oh, do-do-do-do-do, Binta's my best friend. And then Binta died, and then she's like, everything is horrible. Yeah. I think that was one of the things that, like, made me like Amari the most was just that I think out of most of the characters, out of all the characters, she did had the most growth over the yeah. story and had the and most change. And that's why she's one of my favorite characters the second reading around. <laughs> Smart, yeah. Yeah. I just, I remember, like, in the beginning I had probably a similar opinion to you. I didn't really, like, or pro- maybe less, like, I didn't care that much about her or was like, oh yeah. yeah, she's the spoiled princess. But as the book progressed and she had her, especially, like, in the end when she had her, like, very badass moments... I was like, yes, I really like Amari. And she was just... She didn't have a ton to do in the book, actually. She killed the captain yeah. that was going to kill Zelly. Yeah, in terms of, like... The book was obviously more focused around Zelly. Yeah. But, I don't know, I really liked Amari. Also, I hated that they just put her and um, the brother, Zane, together for no fucking reason. I that think- was even stupider yep. than the Anon and Zelly. Like, the Anon and Zelly, I hated, yeah. but at least it kind of made sense, you know? Yeah. Like, you needed that for, like, that enemies to lovers Yeah, betrayal and they stuff. had, like, that he was so concentrated on her that they ended up in the dreamscape together. And yeah. in the dreamscape, there's no point in them fighting. So then they had, like... I, I loved, loved the dreams. That was so good. <laughs> Those were good. Those were yeah. really good. But Zane and Amari was just the stupidest, it was unneeded, like forced, and it no was very chemistry. Forced. And like Zane didn't even like really care about her. There was that one scene when they were in the encampment, and you know the one that I talked about before. He sees Anon and Zaylee like making out, and he's like, "Oh, I'm done." And he starts like walking off. He's like, "Oh, I pick up after all her mistakes." Ugh. And then Amari is like, wait! And she, like, keeps grabbing his hand and he keeps, like, giving her the cold shoulder. And I'm like, what? you're either in love or you're not. Well, I, they, they, weren't, they weren't super developed as a yeah. romance. I don't think it was... Yeah. I of- do like that Amari, when she's talking about him, she says that she doesn't think she's that they're in love. Yeah. I do like that. That's good. Yeah. But again, it was just kind of just, we gotta pair them up. We gotta pair them up perfectly. <laughs> Especially since they were both siblings. Yeah. That was just... Yeah, but um, speaking of Zaylee and Amari, I wrote... It, the one thing I wrote about them, I think, in here... Well, no, I wrote low-key ship Zaylee and Amari, and then I wrote chapter 76 is the Amari Zaylee Bible. <laughs> so I just want to pause for a moment and go find that. I remember that the entire chapter was just, like, Zaylee feels bad. I don't remember the exact context in the book, but, like, obviously Zaylee feels pretty terrible for that most of the book, and then she goes to Amari to, like, get comfort. And Amari, like, brushes her hair. This was the part where Zaylee doesn't have her magic. And she just got back from... She's still healing from everything that happened with the king. She doesn't have her magic. She goes to talk to Amari. Oh, no, here we go. This is perfect. Zaylee squeezes my hand, something sad still leaking through her grip. Thank you, Amari, for everything. I rest my forehead against hers, and we sit in a comfortable silence, translating our love through touch. The princess and the warrior, I decide in my head. When they tell the story of tomorrow, this is what they shall say. Will you stay? I pull back to look at Zaylee's face. I don't want to be alone. Of course, she smiles. Something that tells me I might actually fall asleep in this bed. I roll over to make space and she climbs in, nestling under the panthenair covers. Anyway, and then they just fall asleep together. Yeah. I'm, just, I'm just saying, come on. The princess and the warrior it's would have been day. a beautiful story. A beautiful story. She said that they're in love, right there on the page. Anyway, translating their love through touch. 
but like so romantic gal pals <laughs> it's fine it's fine yeah. i know they're not going to get together it's fine okay um in terms of good things that i loved about the book the arena yeah we, we mentioned it earlier yeah. but that was i think one of the best that was one of the most exciting and most fun chapters scenes for me yeah that was definitely one of my most favorites yeah Especially because it, like, gave you the countdown of, like, all of the boats that were left, and you were just like, Ooh. Yeah. It was very exciting. It was horrific. Oh. But, like, horrible. very exciting. Yeah. And that was, I think, one of the first moments that Zaylee really used her powers. Yeah. Wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. To um, win that battle. Yeah. So it was very badass and very cool. And the very first time she used her powers, she also used blood magic. Yeah. <laughs> she just... That too. Zero to a hundred. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that was that was like because before that I was like oh, I'm kind of enjoying it but it's not really like pulling me in yeah. and then it got to that and I was like yes yeah and like Exciting. the little detail of like the water prices being what tips and on off to like where she is that I was just like that's good writing <laughs> <laughs> yeah so like Anon has this idea that if he kills the girl he kills magic and when it first starts I'm like that's so dumb like, just because you kill this one magic user, that doesn't mean that you're killing all magic. But then it turns out he's right. <laughs> I don't even remember that. Did he really think that before yeah. he even knew that it would happen? Yeah, because he's just seeing her in, like, these visions. And he's like, she poisoned me with magic. I have to kill her to kill magic. And it's just so stupid when it starts. And then, like, a hundred pages later, you find out that she's actually the key. And that he was actually right the entire time. And I was like, incredible. <laughs> just that blind confidence. And also, Anon accidentally killing his father's last love. Like, that fucker deserved it. Both of them did. Uh-huh. When that happened, I was like, ooh, yeah, that's the good stuff. Mm-hmm. I loved, now, in, that was like in, in a similar part of the book to this, is that when they caught up to them at the temple, yeah, when they were running away and Lacan was like, go and I'll hold them off. And then that was like a wonderful, sad moment. But also when it switched to Inan's perspective of like Lacan beating their asses, I was like, oh yeah. And Inan's like, this was the first time I could truly see like the power yeah, and like the terrifying power. I'm like, oh yes. Yeah. And them. also Lacan just like, picking up their panthenaires and just tossing them into a pit. It was it was a cool moment. It was. It was a very sad moment because then Lacan died and I didn't want him yeah. to. He was great. But in, you know, it was very... I guess it was kind of obvious that Lacan was going to die because it was very much like yeah. Hero's Journey. He yeah. was the, you know, wise person who told Zaley what she had to do and was her, like, somewhat mentor and then yeah. died. And Lacan, he talks about how his spirit called him back to the temple to, like, meet somebody. And then he gets there and he, like, finds these intruders, right? And then he immediately ties them up and is, like, about to murder them. I don't even remember that. <laughs> I don't remember this. Because, this, again, this is my second time reading it. So I'm, like, we just get through, like, the whole he ties them up. He was, like, about to kill them. And then Zaylee is, like, wait, stop, I have magic. And then he's, like, okay, maybe. <laughs> and then, Unless. So he acted like he was going to kill them. But then um, you find out like, over the next few pages that he's actually a pacifist. So it's all just like, oh, Lacan. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he was just trying to, like, threaten them enough, you know, like, pretend yeah. like he was gonna kill them. To scare them off. Another um, minor character that I liked was Rowan. 
Yes. Is that you pronounce his name, I believe? Yeah, Rowan? that's how I I liked him. him. He was cool. He was a pirate. I yeah. like pirates. For a little while, I thought that he was going to have a romance with Zaylee. Yeah. I thought that was going to be, like, the end game thing. Yeah. Um, I'm, I don't care that it didn't or did happen. It was sort of like, you know what? After Anon, I would, I would, I would go for <laughs> Rowan. <laughs> he was a cool dude. Yeah. And um, I liked how they, like, bonded over their scars. Mm-hmm. And he was the person who told Zaylee, like, you should go talk to somebody about this. Because yeah. you're not going to feel just with time. You also need to... Is that what prompted her then to go talk to Amari? Yes, yes. So basically, I have Rowan to thank. <laughs> yeah. For that wonderful scene with Amari and Zaylee. But yeah, he was cool. I remember one thing I wrote down is that with him, we got like a little bit of a tidbit clue about other like countries and worlds. Yeah. I think it mentioned that he was from a different country. Yeah. I put down, what is his ethnicity? Mm-hmm. I didn't remember what he described, but then we didn't get any more about like what is beyond this world. Yeah. It seemed like it was like Chinese or Japanese. They said that he had hooded eyes. Okay. So that's what I figured. Anyway, that yeah. just that was a little tidbit that I wrote down. I would love yeah. when we read the second book to see more of like other worlds and like where Rowan is from and I don't know, see more of what the world is like. Yeah. So far we've gotten only this country, which is really cool and I don't want them to go to Europe. I don't we don't need, we don't need that. <laughs> no one needs Europe. No one needs that. But it would be cool to see other worlds in this like other universe. Yeah. Like Rowan's um Rowan's world. That yeah. makes it that, that sounds like a, like Rowan's a TV show. World. Rowan's world. <laughs> Something else that I wrote down that I wanted to talk about that, Mm. like, made me so frustrated and upset and then upset that I was frustrated and then upset again was when they went to, they they were traveling and then they found that other group of diviners, which I think were magi by that time they had, well, no, some of them were magi because they had the scroll. Yeah. But they found them and then they were like, woo, we're all together. And then they had a big party. And like, I know that it sucks that they couldn't even have a party. Yeah. But I was like, why? <laughs> you have like, what, four days left before yeah. magic is over and you're being hunted by the guards and you're going to stop and have a party? No. And then Zaylee is like, oh, I did it again. I took a rest and I stopped and now there's like terrible consequences. And I was like, do you not learn? But this is, time? I mean, this is totally different too. The other time she literally took a rest to go like, bathe in the river yeah and this time they took a rest to like plan and have a giant party and like i understand why the party was there i guess like in the plot not the plot but more like in the flow it was of like the book. humanizing them it was humanizing them it would give a moment of like rest yeah and i also like i wrote down that i was like i was so upset about it and then i was like ugh. but it's also so unfair that they couldn't even have a party yeah and celebrate yeah. because they were being hunted and at the yeah. same time though in in terms of the plot it was stupid just because yeah they they had to get yeah. there like, I enjoyed the scene, but yeah, they're on a time frame and you don't take breaks when you're on a time yeah. frame. I wish, they had, I wish that they had just gotten there and then, you know, come back and had a great party. Yeah. And, you know, I wrote down that I was like, I wrote down, festival made me nervous. And then later I wrote, justified. <laughs> <laughs> because it was. And then, then they caught up and then everyone died. And um, Yeah. It was really sad. Yeah. And then that was also like Anon's turning point again. Yeah. Flip floppy bitch. Flip floppy bitch, indeed. <laughs> also, um, for Mari and like her growth as a character, I really liked how in the beginning of the book they she starts off and she's like always remembering the king's voice telling her to like pick up her sword and kill Anon or like maim him or whatever. Mm-hmm. And she's always hearing that voice anytime she's faced with a decision of whether or not to choose violence. Um, but then as the book progresses, she instead is starting to hear more of Binta's voice 
of saying like, oh, you're so brave or and like them joking around. And there's like moments in the middle of the book where it's a mixture of both Binta and the king. And then as it gets further and further, she starts thinking more about Binta and less and less about um, the king. And then Zaylee gets captured. And then Zaylee is having to deal with this struggle. And then that leads into the scene with Amari and Zaylee together. And Zaylee has this moment where she's like, when I first met you, I thought you were weak because you wouldn't stop freezing up anytime any violence was about to happen because of the king. And now it's all I can think about ever. And I thought it was so powerful that like Amari, who had to deal with this throughout her entire life of like thinking of her father and his cold voice saying, pick up the sword, hurt your brother, hurt your own blood. Um, and then now she gets to help Zaylee like work through it. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, oh, they're very good together. And I still ship them. I would just, <laughs> please. Yeah. And like the whole relationship for the magic system. I thought the magic system was really, really good. The like idea of like Ash is like a muscle and you use it more and you get more of it. The magic system was interesting because you have the Sky Mother and then you have like the sister deity of which there's like 10 of them and they all have their um, own separate abilities that they give to the people. And the Sky Mother is connected to the sister deity um, through the blood binding and then the sister deity connects the Magi to the Sky Mother. So it's like a chain through the scroll and the artifacts. Which is why that they're able to get like the temporary magic, but not through the centennial solstice. And then you have like the Mamalawo, who is the person who's supposed to go out every centennial um, to perform the ritual and um, take all the artifacts and reestablish that blood bond to connect the pieces of the chain to the Magi again. Which is why we have the threat of like I guess that's where the time frame. That, that's where the time. Yeah, I was about to say that's where the time frame comes from. Yeah, because I guess. It wouldn't be forever, but a hundred years is a pretty long time for humankind. Uh, So by the time that any of this happened, a hundred years, you wouldn't be able to secure that knowledge for long enough in order to make sure that magic stays alive through the next hundred years. Um, And I also thought it was interesting that anyone can become a centauro through the magic blood binding ritual, but not anyone can be a magi because you have to be born a magi. But a centauro is anybody who performs the blood binding, like getting the tattoos on the arms to get magic thing. Wasn't there something that Lacan said? I don't remember what it was. It was back when he was explaining a lot of stuff to mm-hmm. Zaylee. Something he said about he can't do something because he was a guy. He what was can't that? be the Mamalawo. Right, okay. Yeah, so Zaylee in this instance is being the Mama Lawo because she's yes. the one going and performing the ritual and he couldn't do that because he's a man. I was trying to remember that. Which uh, is a little weak to me, but I guess it makes sense because the Sky Mother yeah. and it's kind of like that is her main connection to the Magi. The main direct connection to the Magi is through the Mama Lawo. So I guess it makes sense. Mm-hmm. One thing I liked about, if we're talking about the belief system and the gods, is yeah. I liked having the specific gods and I don't remember the... S- the situations exactly again it's been a couple weeks since i read the book but the um that we had instances of both inan and zaylee like sort of connecting with their individual gods yeah. and i liked that a lot yeah. i thought those scenes were cool and they have like scenes of talking to their god and you know asking questions and yeah. like getting their power from them i thought I that was really was cool too but at the same time i wish that inan had more of a deeper connection with his god yeah. Because it felt like a lot of it to me was, like, him calling out and being like, why did you give me magic in the first place? And I guess, you know, uh, while we're talking about that, the ending. Yeah. Where, um, 
Amari has it too. Yeah. And then Zaylee's like, oh shit. Yeah. Now so many people, more people besides yeah. just the Magi are going to have it. And yeah. I'm excited to see how that works out in yeah. the second book. I'm sure it's going to work out horribly for everyone. Yeah. And trying to like balance these two powers. Mm -hmm. And now that the king is dead and Amari is going to be the queen. Well, at least she'll be the queen. Yeah. That'll be some good. Yeah. But I feel like everything is not going to go well. Um, no, I don't think so. Now I want to discuss the allegorical nature of the book. Yeah. We need to get into that. Um, that was, I think, one of the strongest points of the book. And especially, I think I read the author's note before I read the book and then again after I read the, read the book. Yeah. But it wasn't like, um, it wasn't really a surprise of like, it's not the kind of book where you can like read the whole book and then read the author's note and be like, oh, so that's what it was about. It's kind of obvious. Yeah. You know, especially in the climate in which we're reading the book, yeah. it's very obvious and chilling and, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's good and it's also horrible. Yeah. And it, it reflects very easily in the book of how horrible it is, especially since everyone's living through it right now. Yeah. I mean, it's like the shadow that Zaylee, or really anybody, but in our context, it's for Zaylee. It's this shadow that she has to constantly live with. She's constantly living with the memories of everything that happened. Um, and then you have to watch this old lady who's teaching these girls how to defend themselves, that she has to just sit there and take it, even though you know that she could beat their asses. But she just sits there and takes it because it's like, it's for the good of... Everyone there. Yeah. Everyone that she's trying to protect. It's horrible. And then we have the perspective of Anon, too, who's like, oh, not all guards. Anon's perspective was unfortunately realistic and unique. Yeah. In that he, you know, kept flip-flopping between, like magic is bad and they're all evil and then he was like oh but clearly they're not all evil and then but yeah. then he was like but look they're you know they're hurting the guards yeah you know we have to fight back especially that lot stuff was very mm -hmm. re relevant to what was happening right now yeah i think that's why i found it so frustrating that he kept flip-flopping because literally while these instances of police brutality were happening he would still sat or guard brutality <laughs> he would still side with the guards over the magi i mean these guards literally came into this camp of magi they were just having a party they came in and started attacking and anon still sided with the guards because he was like they were just trying to break it up you know yeah he was like the fire guy burned all these people and like well you attacked them first yeah if the fire guy wasn't there they would have literally slaughtered all of them exactly um it was on page 314 that there were some um really good quotes by Zaylee. It's it's back when she was talking to Inan. I think it was maybe in the dreamscape. Yeah. Um, before they kind of got together. Mm -hmm. um, she said, oh, this is Inan's point of view, but she's saying it to him. If your guards were here, everything would be just as broken, just as hopeless. There's no living under their tyranny. Our only salvation is power. And then she says, your people, your guards, they're nothing more than killers, rapists, and thieves. The only difference between them and the criminals is the uniforms they wear. Fuck yeah. And that point was just like, okay, yes, that's incredible. That was just, yeah. that was just a really, really good quote. Yeah. So I immediately wrote that down and I was like, especially the last part, the only difference between them and the criminals is the uniforms they wear. Cause yeah. It's true. And it's, it, it's, it's just, it was a really good, it was, it was a good quote and it's, despite like, we've talked about a lot of things we didn't like about the book, like the romance and some other shortcomings, that was a... Yeah. Even though there, it was maybe, like, some points unpolished, the core of the story was really good, and the different points of view between Zaylee and Amari and mm -hmm. Anon were really good. That's a, yeah. that's a part that I liked. 
a lot actually is that we had all the different points of view mm-hmm. of this story and this experience. Yeah. And small upside of the relationship between Zaylee and Anon. Um, Anon is like constantly contradicting himself. He tells Zaylee not all guards are that bad, but then when it comes to Zaylee being in a guard station, the idea of her being there in that situation, he's like, they're gonna maim you, they're gonna torture you, they're gonna be doing horrible, horrible things. And it's like, where was this guy? <laughs> before. Anyway, so that brings me to um, exactly what's happening is they're talking about their guards and Anand says, they're vicious, Zell. If you don't give it up, you won't survive. And she says, then I won't survive. Anand's face twists. If you don't talk, they'll cut it out of you. A lump forms in my throat. I guess this much. I can't talk. So I'll bleed. Zell, please. He steps forward, putting his hands on my bruised face. I know we had our plans, but you have to realize everything's changed. Of course everything's changed, I scream. Your father's men killed Zoo, Salem, all those children. I shake my head. They couldn't even fight, and the guards murdered all of them. And I, when I read that, I was like, please. Because honestly, like, as soon as that happened, he was all just like, oh, the guards, those poor guards. Oh, they all got killed. They all got brutally murdered. And in my mind, I was like, they killed a child. Mm-hmm. Um, there was there are so many good quotes in that whole scene, and that whole scene where she's in prison was just that was one. Of, I think the most one of the most horrifying yeah. parts of the book. The book yeah. is filled with horrifying sort of imagery and scenes, yeah. but that was one of the that was one of the worst. Mm-hmm. And there was this exchange between Zaylee and Saran as as he's torturing her. Yeah. I will not let my fear silence the truth. You crushed us to build your monarchy on the backs of our blood and bone. Your mistake wasn't keeping us alive. It was thinking we'd never fight back. Which was, I think, one of my favorite quotes from the whole book. And he says, You know what intrigues me about your kind? You always start in the middle of the story, as if my father didn't fight for your rights, as if you maggots didn't burn my family alive. And she says, You can't enslave an entire people for the rebellion of a few. I don't know, this... Most of that, what I wanted to read was the first quote, but like, it was just... No, uh. but then read what the king says, because it's so petulant. Oh yeah, he says, you can do whatever you want when you're the king. <laughs> it's that, uh, the, the scenes between the two of them were so yeah. horrible, but also really, really good. Yeah. That, I think those were some of the best. She's like, you enslaved my people. And he's like, I can do what I want. I'm the king. <laughs> it was... Also the part where... Um, after she gets tortured and she has maggot um, cut into her back. So she goes to the healer and the healer is like, I, you know, I did my best, but I'm I'm new. So I can't get rid of the scars completely. And she says, um, or she doesn't say it, but she thinks it doesn't matter that the scars are going to stay there because the emotional impact will be there regardless. Mm-hmm. Like she'd never forget that that happened. So why does it matter if she has a physical reminder too? It's like, that's the least of her concern. And then it sh- like it shows us too as she's going through. Um, anytime anything vaguely that could remind her of it, she's like right back um, in that room with him torturing her. And I'm excited to see in the next book if they do a similar thing like they did with Amari, where she starts off again and she's really constantly being triggered to go back into that place. And then as it goes on, you can like see her healing. I hope so. I I'm so. actually, that actually brings me really well into what I next wanted to talk about, which like possibilities for book two. I haven't heard any spoilers about it yeah. or I mean, it's out, but I haven't heard anything about it. I haven't read anything about it. And I'm just curious to see what will happen because it'll be a very different story because the king's dead Anon is dead. Yeah. Magic is back, but also potentially, Imari has magic, potentially any of the guards 
and other people who were on yeah. their side would have magic. And I'm just curious. I don't know. I'm just curious how what's going to happen because Amari will be queen. But I don't know. And the noble families who for so long have been like, oh, magic. You have magic. You're a maggot. You know. And now suddenly they're going to start getting magic too. So I think maybe there will be a really strong flipping of what's going on in that country where suddenly if you're if you have magic you're the upper class and you're powerful and if you don't you're the lower class i'm curious if that if instead of that what might happen i'm curious if they might go a maybe more unfortunately realistic way of like so suddenly these people in charge are faced with the fact that they have these same traits to the people they've been oppressing for so long I wonder if they're going to invent something else to continue yeah. this exact same kind of oppression. Yeah. Oh, well, okay, well, we have magic now. Our queen has magic now. So clearly that wasn't the problem and they're going to invent something else. I'm not sure what it could be. It could be anything. Yeah. I don't know. These people are poor. You know, they're going to invent something else and then they're going to still have to work to get the same kind of rights. Yeah. Uh, even even though everyone has magic. Or not yeah. everyone, but like even though more people are going to have magic now. Yeah. And it'll be interesting seeing um, how they try to educate these people who have never had magic before. Like, you don't want tons of cancers running around just testing things out on their own. <laughs> did it say in the end what kind of magic Amari got? Or did it just imply that she got magic? It just said she had a blue glow around her hands. Okay, well. I want to know what kind of mar- magic yeah. Amari got. Because we also didn't see that much of the different kinds of magic. We saw yeah. like a lot of Zaylees and a decent amount of Anons. And then we saw the other ones like a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm particularly interested in the Cancers though. Because yeah. they that is really cool and kind of horrific. Yeah. And then they also talked about Tamers like a very small amount. There was there was a Tamer in their team that was breaking Zaylee out of um, the prison. And it said that the Tamer wasn't really useful for battle because it needed more time in order to be useful or something like that. What, what was their, what was the magic of those? Oh, the animal Animals. One. Yeah, right. Yeah. So how does that work? You just... You can talk, talk to animals? Talk to animals? I don't Control know. Control animals? Yeah. But we, yeah, we didn't see a lot of them. We saw a little bit of the fire guy, which seemed like a really powerful one. Yeah. I'm guessing that um, Amari might be a magi of water with the blue glow around her hands. Since the Cancers had um, green and fire is obviously fire. Um, Speaking of elements, another thing I was going to mention maybe at the end, because it's just sort of offhand, is that how much it reminded me of Avatar. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Not even just like, not really anything to do with like the actual plot, but more Mm. of like um, the format. Yeah. Which was like, sister who has magic and brother who doesn't have magic yeah. find this mysterious, important person. Yeah. And then they get on the back of this giant creature and they go yeah. on a journey. And meanwhile, there is this evil guy who also has magic. Yeah. Anyway, I just, I don't know, it just reminded me of that yeah. What a it lot. reminded me of was Strange the Dreamer. Meeting in dreams and falling in love with the enemy. I didn't even think about that one. That's like a well, mostly because how dare you compare Anon and Zay I'm sorry to the other romance, but yeah. yeah, but yeah, that is a good point. We should read Strange the Dreamer and talk about it. Yeah, one book at a time. I know, I know, but it's so good. Yeah, another another book that's really fucked up. Anyway, <laughs> that has nothing to do with this discussion. Yeah. Oh, this is a very tiny thing that I just wrote down. Mm-hmm. I wrote a page, but we don't really need the page. When Anon met Amari again, he returned Binta's headdress. That was so fucked. He returned the headdress, and I kept waiting for, like, Amari to ask how he got it. Because how he got it yeah. was, he didn't actually kill the shopkeeper, like, his guards and, like, Kaya? Kaya, Kaya did, but, like, yeah. still. I was waiting for Amari... 
Mari to like say like how how did you get this? Yeah. I sold this, and then he'd be like, oh, that shopkeeper's dead now. Yeah. But it never happened. I know. I was like, thinking that too. I wanted her to ask because like he didn't just bring that back out of the goodness of his heart. Yeah, it like, was like dented and rusty too, and I was like, what? I guess I guess it was just trying to be a moment of like so Amari can forgive her brother or something. But like I yeah. wanted there to be the more drama of like yeah. figuring out how he got it, and then you know, because I feel like if. I sold something extremely valuable to someone, mm-hmm. and then, like, a few days later, someone I'm related to comes over and they're like, oh, here's this thing that you sold that you really, really love. I'd be like, how did you get this? Yeah, and especially with how, like, how Mari is, it would have been such a great, you know, a great point of, like, yeah. I don't know, conflict between them, because she would not have liked that at all. No, she would At all. Have. She would have been really upset, because also that shopkeeper was really nice. He was. He, he gave was. them a lot of stuff. Well, I mean, they gave him something really valuable, yeah. but, like, he was a nice dude. Yeah. So also, that- that's just, like, telling of Anon's character, honestly, because that's kind of, like, always how he operated. He didn't even think about it, either. Yeah. I don't think he... I mean, he, think, he thought about it, like, he didn't intend to kill the shopkeeper, and I think in the moment he was kind of, like... <gasps> Oh no, they didn't have to do yeah, that. But, but then it like, didn't come up again, especially when he like gave her the headdress. I don't, yeah. I don't know whose perspective it was from, but I would have wanted something like Anon being like, oh god, I hope she doesn't ask. This is tainted with the blood or whatever. And then Mari being like, how did I get this? Yeah. Anyway. I was going to say, um, the king, Saron, he went out to temples and murdered tons of pacifists. Yeah. And pacifist children. Like, that is so fucked. Everything he did was really fucked up. <laughs> yeah. It was horrible. Okay, so we're wrapping up the podcast. So any, like, last thoughts? What do you think of the book as a whole? How was it? Actually, how was it on a reread? On a reread, I enjoyed the reread more than I enjoyed the first time reading through it. Because it was easier to hold on to those little strands that were kind of going on, which I love. Like, it it makes it a little bit more complicated on the first read-through, but then the second read-through, you're reading it, and you're like, oh, that's happening! Oh, that's happening! And also, I didn't remember the ending, so it was still just that's as good. exciting. <laughs> yeah. What did you think? I definitely... I kind of maybe would like to read it again in the future, just to see if I, like, enjoy it more, because I think parts of the stuff that made me enjoy it less were just that I kept, like, flip-flopping around, because I didn't know how it was going to end, so I was kind of grumpy throughout all of the romance parts. But even though I hated the romance, I liked the book a lot. Mm -hmm. I think it was... The story was good. I loved most of the... You know what? I love all the characters. Even Inon. Like, I hated him, but I yeah. liked him as a character. I think yeah. he was a good... He did what he was supposed to do as a character, even though I hated his guts. But I was supposed yeah. to hate his guts, I think. You yeah. know? I was supposed to hate his guts, but also feel kind of sad for him. Which yeah. I did. So I actually really liked it a lot. And I'm excited to read the second one. Especially since I know the second one's not going to have Inon in it. So I won't have to worry about that. Unless they do, like, that bullshit, like, oh, he's alive. I don't think they're going to do that. I don't think they're I don't going think to either, but, like, a little bit in me is a little scared. You're not going to do that. We're safe. <laughs> We're safe from Anon. Okay. Now, he's out of the way. Amari. And Zaylee. <laughs> or Rowan. Or Rowan, you know. But Zaylee seems a little bit bothered that he's a murderer. Whatever. Zaylee, you've killed people, too. So that was our first episode. Hope you enjoyed it. If you want to find us, you can find us on Twitter at DebutantePod. Let us know what you thought of the book. Did you agree with us? Did you not agree with us? You can also find us on anchor.fm slash debutantes dash and dash debauchery and on our website debutantesanddebaucherypodcast.blogspot.com. All the links for Black Lives Matter organizations will be available on our website there as well as in the podcast description. And you can now listen on Spotify. Next time we will be reading Let's Talk About Love by Claire Kahn. Look for that episode in about three weeks. 
I'm really excited about that one because I am asexual, so I'm really excited to hear about someone else's experiences, especially a POC one. Thanks for listening. We'll see you all in the next one.